Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Hawk Talk with your host, Colin Cole. Thank you guys for joining me today. I'm so happy to be able to, to, to bring the show to you guys, especially this week. This is Iowa State week. This is the week that we all look forward to. We didn't get to have this week in 2020. Remember that we didn't get a chance to have this week in 2020. So welcome and thank you guys for joining me. We're going to talk a lot about Iowa State. Again, I'm Colin Cole. This is Hawk Talk. This is all about Hawkeye football, all about uh, everything Hawkeye football, the total experience and everything uh, that's going on with the week. And considering this Iowa State week, I got to be honest, I didn't have, I didn't fare so well against Iowa State. It was a, it was an offer for me. It was 0-4. I didn't get a chance to win against this, against this program. However, we fared well as a program against them. And we know that this is a Hawkeye State, right? I mean, there's no cyclone. We're a Hawkeye State. So with that, I'm excited to be able to bring this episode to you because I got a great guest on. Two-time All-Big Ten, two, four, five years and under the program, played for both Hayden Fry as well as Kirk Ferentz, uh, three-year starter as at, at offensive tackle for us. Uh, thank you for being able to join us on the show. Everybody, welcome on David Porter. David, thank you for joining us, bro. Thank you, man. Great to be here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for joining me. Like I said multiple times, uh, let's get right into it, man. It's Iowa State week, man. What are you thinking, man? Just tell me a little bit about your experience when it comes to Iowa State. Uh, I'm kind of like you, like. I didn't have a lot of success where I was a one in four because I played five years and they kind of had our, our number there for a minute. But the thing with this, this week and your in-state rivalry, you, you know, the record goes out the window. It doesn't matter. Uh, the emotion that's involved in this. I mean, this is really the Super Bowl of Iowa. So we know that this is the game for the state. This is going to determine, is this a Cyclone state or is this a high Hawkeye state? We all know what it is. We just got to go prove it. Facts, facts. That's, that's, facts. Exactly right. that's exactly right. And that's why we play the game. We can say all we want on paper, all that good stuff, but that's why we play the game. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump right into it, man. Iowa had an impressive uh, week one uh, being Number what well, we were ranked 18th, uh, taking on number 17th ranked Indiana. Um, took it to the took it to the wire. Uh, didn't take it to the wire. We dominated from the start. Dominated mm-hmm. from the start. Uh, we we know that um, offensively, Tyler Goodson jumped out and had the big 56 yard uh, touchdown run right off the right out the gate. And then uh, defensively, man, they, those guys really took up took to the field and uh, created some turnovers and and created some some heck some hay against that Indiana defense offense. Yeah, the uh, the defense, like I said, they they were playing really well together. You can tell they were out there just playing. The guys um, were really in their own element, where where they weren't thinking so much. They were more just out there playing. You know, when you start start seeing the guys out there, you start to understand, especially us on watching them, that there's a difference between playing and like thinking and then playing. Right now, they're out there. They're the defense is actually they're flying around, and I'm a, I love watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of which, you had an opportunity to go to the game last week. Now, the atmosphere had to be extremely, you know, because what I saw on TV, it was amazing. But I didn't get a chance to get to Iowa City, man. Tell me a little bit about what the atmosphere was like in week one and, uh, you know, what that was like, obviously, getting back to Kenny. Uh, the atmosphere is definitely electric. So everyone there was so excited to get back and actually be in the stadium, right? And the way we started the game was such for- Oh my God, we came out of the gate and just hit them right in the mouth. 
and the crowd got into it. So the electricity just amped up just even more. So the crowd got into it. You can see the kids is really starting to feed off the crowd's energy. And then we just steamrolled. And we, the best part of the game, even though we played really well, there's a tremendous upside for us. I mean, we're, we weren't perfect by any imagination. So you know, we're, there's a lot of potential for us to get better. No question. And that's what we're going to do is continue to get better. And that's why going into week two, where it's, uh, it, it obviously has been confirmed a huge jump in, in the stands, standings, I should say, from number 18 all the way up to number nine, taking on this number eight ranked Iowa State unit. So let's get into those guys, man. They're led by senior quarterback Brock Purdy, who went nine and three last season as a ranked, and they ended their season ranked ninth in the AP polls. And, you know, they um, they got off to a little bit of a, uh, a shaky start last week. Shaky is what I would say uh, against you and I. You and I, uh, they jumped out early. They, they came out and scored early on them, uh, jumped out seven, nothing in the first quarter. Um, Iowa State finally came back and scored in the second quarter, but um, you and I, they, they took it to them. And they, that game came down to the wire, man. Um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough, obviously. You're going into uh, week one jitters. Uh, it's it's uh, a lot. You don't know what the uh, team's going to throw at you. But um, I will say that you and I definitely took those guys to the wire. And it was, uh, it was a tough fought battle for that team. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a team that they're returning 15 starters, right? Like you said, last year, they ended up 9-3. and three, And they lost their Big Ten championship to Oklahoma which is a team they actually beat in the regular season. So, and then they go to the, well, they, they went to the Fiesta Bowl and played against Oregon and they, they, handled, they handled those guys pretty well. It was still a tight game, but then you come to this year uh, and there may have been a little bit of a hangover from last year. You know, you come in, you're still ranked, you're doing well and you, you just show up and you just show up. Then all of a sudden you just get hit. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, we actually have to play. So that, that's kind of that first game, Jitters, as you were, uh, you were saying earlier. That's what I think happened to those guys. I think you're going to see a marked improvement from day game one to game two. As we all know, that's typically the biggest improvement is from game one to game two. Yeah, I agree. You know, and uh, the thing about them is uh, this past week they didn't play – they weren't able to, to suit up their, uh, their third-team All-American tight end and Charlie Kohler. Uh, he, he was a, a scratch for him last week. He's supposed to be suiting up this week. Uh, he should be able to, to make the play, make, make, the, make the field uh, this upcoming week. So, And then the other thing I want to, to, to mention is that senior linebacker, Orion Vance, is also listed as a starter this week. So they, they got some guys coming back from injury that they had lost in preseason. And so during camp, and uh, they, they had some hangover injuries uh, during last season. So... Uh, like you mentioned, they have 15 of their 22 starters are, are seniors and, and returning starters. So they're going to be a tough bunch against this Iowa, Iowa group, man. So uh, tell me a little bit about what, you, what you're expecting to see out of Iowa as they uh, attack this, uh, this, this defensive front for Iowa State. I'm, a, I'm expecting our offensive line to step up. Now, we, we have a really talented group of offensive linemen. And the, they had some miscommunications, like I said, game one. Uh, just getting out there, everybody's working on the continuity, but I'm really expecting them to handle the defensive line, the defensive front very easily. I mean, just really be able to, I shouldn't say easily, but like as the game progresses, I would like to see us assert our dominance. And we have that kind of, that personnel there. We have the talent to do it. It really becomes, do we have the mentality to do it? I think because physically and as far as talent goes, I, I think we have the edge. Mm -hmm. 
I agree with you. And uh, the thing that we got to note, you talked about our offensive line. Uh, Will McDonald, Iowa State's uh, outstanding defensive end, I'll say outside linebacker number nine, uh, was also, he's, uh, I think, a Lombardi watch list. Uh, he was uh, all Big 12 last year. And so he, he's a guy coming off the edge that they expect to see a lot coming out of him. So um, offensive line-wise, we have, uh, we, we did, start somebody who we weren't expecting to start. And uh, that, that being, uh, let me see, Jack Plum. Um, I should say Mason Rich, Richmond, who started for Jack Plum. Um, so uh, that is something that we will continue to keep an eye on, see who uh, they continue throughout that offensive line rotation to see who's, who gives us the best opportunities to, uh, to win and, and shows us the best opportunities uh, along that offensive line. Okay. so. Moving on, and we saw a lot of explosive plays um, in our in the game last week against Indiana. T talk to me a little bit about uh, your thoughts on the quarterback play, particularly. I think uh, for me personally, I looked at Spencer Petras year two as a starter as compared to year one. Man, he definitely has shown night and day improvement in my opinions, and uh, in, in making a lot of the throws right on target that uh, that he made some high throws last year and some off-target throws. So I saw in that week one game against Indiana a major, major growth out of out of uh, Spencer Petras. And I think that he's got, he's got a major control of the offense, man. What are your, what was your take on what you saw while you were there in the stands? I agree with you on, Sp on Spencer. He has a commanding presence out there. And you can tell with how his demeanor and when he goes out there and how he interacts with the, his team, he is the leader, right? He's the guy. And he's made such an improvement on his technique, his command of the offense, uh, his understanding of the defense and what they're going to do to him, that he can start to anticipate things now. I think a lot of what happened last week was the, 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 the lack of continuity with the offensive line, which created some pressure on him in his face that, uh, you know, that made him rush things a little bit. But as we clean that up, I expect nothing but great things from him. And once we get uh, Tyrone, um, you know, get him open, find ways to get the ball in his hands more often. You know, he's clearly one of our best playmakers. Um, and, you know, get it spread around more. I think it's going to ease it all out for the offense when you spread it out, the delivery, kind of like what Tampa Bay does. You know, they, you can't pick and choose who's going to get it all the time. So if they're going to double team Tyrone all the time, these other guys are going to start to hurt these guys, hurt our opponents, which is what we want. No question. No question. Then you get an opportunity to get guys involved that, uh, that definitely have that ability. Uh, speaking of uh, Petrus, he did go 13 for 27 for 145 yards, uh, and he did have that one rushing touchdown, man, which was – you know, I could, I would never oh. that. Man. I, that came out of left field for me. So, I, and I would say that uh, putting that on tape against opponents, they have all defenses have something else to look out for. Um, but uh, at the end of that play, we saw him get up a little bit gimpy. We also saw uh, offensive center uh, Tyler Lindenbaum yes. there, there on the turf for just a little bit. Man, what was the collective? Uh, thoughts and feelings in that in the in the in the stands while you were sitting there, man. Because at home, I took a deep gasp and I was like, "Oh Lord, what is what's about to happen here?" But uh, what, 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 what was the take in the stands while you were there? It went from complete um, <laughs> jubilation to like, "Oh shit, <laughs> oh my!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's that's exactly. 
Yeah, the, the deep breath, it went from like, yay, to like, oh no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, um, it, it's great to give defenses different, um, different things to look at, right? It's different things to have to prepare for. The more we can give them prepare for, the, more, the less likely they're going to be prepared for what we're going to do, right? That all just makes sense. But at the expense of our health and, you know, losing some of our key players, um, that's tough. But they're coming through. They're healthy. They're happy. That's why we play the game. You know, it's not a uh, – uh, this, this is a physical sport. It's a physical game. Mm -hmm. So the guys here are tough. They are tough. Well, that, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, being that I'm now 41, I look back on it, man. It's like, you know, I, I consider it back in the day, it was, yeah, tough. And, you know, but I enjoyed it. I loved hitting. It was all fun and games. And, you know, that was the fun part of it. But now looking back on it, well, I should look back on it. But now looking at it, it is definitely, um, man, they're out there hitting. It's a hard, it's, man, it's, it's tough out there, man. Those, those guys are out there trying to trying to hurt you sometimes, man. But, uh, you know, it was it was well played. Like, and, and the best part about it, man, is, is we've exposed uh, the entire Big Ten and we've exposed the entire country to uh, what Spencer Petras can do with his legs. And, you know, you say at the expense of, but that just, in my opinion, it adds another dimension to his game and definitely puts something else into defensive coordinators' mindsets when they have to game plan against us. It's not in, no longer is it that statue quarterback in the back, in the backfield you know, in the pocket. It's a guy who can get out there on the edge because he showed some some scramble ability. He showed some ability to to elude the pressure. So I expect to to see a lot of more growth. You know, like I said, year two, year one, he's already shown that. And throughout the season, I'm sure he will continue to show that. So moving right along, man, it's uh it's great. But you know, Tyler Goodson, we saw that big run, like I mentioned, 56 yards. Um he had yeah. 19 carries for 99 total yards to go along with that. Uh, what, did, what did you see out of him, and what do you think uh, for the offense and that offensive line and how that run game? Because we know the Iowa Hawkeyes run game is the staple of that of that Hawkeye offense. Yeah, I see. Uh, it's very much. Uh, you can see the influence from Coach Betts, Liddell. All right, it's he. It's a one-two cut at most, and we're gone. And he's really teaching these guys to hit the hole hard and hit it fast identify it and anticipate. Now that is a big key component to running the ball, right? And running it effectively, you know, being in continuity with your the running back, the fullback and, and the offensive line, you know, that, that is an art form. And he's starting to see the holes better. They're the offensive line. Again, we're starting to get some more pressure uh, where we're able to press more on the defense. Uh, the defensive line, get up to the secondary, get up to that second uh, second line, the linebackers. And, and once we start handling those guys, we're going to make his job a lot easier, a lot easier. But we're, like I said, we're still figuring things out. And the, the line is still, we're coming to our own and we're going to get there. The uh, the running game is, it's a staple for us. It's O-line you. It, it's what we do. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, it, it, it would, uh, Behoove me to not mention the fact that uh, Ivor Kelly Martin did add an additional, I believe, uh, 31 yards, 21 yards to, to the rushing totals. And he's going to be a, a great addition to making that uh, one-two combination at the running back position. But he, there's no letdown when, when Goodson comes out. He's a seasoned senior and uh, would definitely add that, to, bring that to the table and add that to our, our, our offense. The other guy that, that stuck out to me, you know, you mentioned the offense and being able to spread it out. I know you mentioned his name earlier, Tyrone Tracy. 
Um, but uh, Laporte, you know, he was uh, he was a major major factor. Sam Laporte was a huge factor for Spencer Peters. He he caught a, a number of balls and uh, showed an ability to stretch that offense. Man, what do you think having a tight end uh, for an offense for for a quarterback? What does that usually do for an offense? And how does that how does that tight end position? You know, because in my opinion, I think we're a tight end. You at this point, I don't know if you can give that title to anybody else. You know, I think he's the the next in a long line of great tight ends that have come through this program. So, speak about what his contributions do for this offense and how it will open up windows for for guys like Tyron Tracy and, and Nico Regani in as a receiver. Well, it's just like anything, right? When you get one guy producing. The defense tends to focus on that guy. And then when, when we can, if we can spread the ball around and everyone starts to produce and everyone just performs when their number's called, like Laporte's did, the defense is going to grab it to them. The other guys get one-on-one. Hey, Tyrone's double teamed pretty much the entire game. We had to do some unique things to try to get put the ball in his hand. Now we can start just playing football. As we get into the season, the guys start saying, hey, improving. We can do this day in and day out. And if you let any one of our guys open, guess what? We're going to make that play. We're going to capitalize on that opportunity. I call that getting lucky. But you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to capitalize on, our, on all these opportunities. And when, when we have more people do it, it's going to make it easier for everyone to do it. So it's going to make it tough for defenses to even just like, hey, hone in on one guy. No thanks. That's not going to be a thing for us. Hey, having that – having – you know, five guys who can really stretch the defense, who can make plays when the ball is in their hands, whether it be, you know, catching the ball or, or being the ball, whether it be getting the ball handed to them, you know, that's what's going to be important. And those guys are going to be what, you know, major contributors for this offense, man. So I'm excited to see where this offense goes. You know, I'm excited to see where Brian Ferentz takes this offense and, and continues, how this continues to, to grow. Making the shift to the defensive side of the ball, you know, Six points off of and field goals, you know, especially off of uh, two turnovers that uh, that that our offense had. You know, as good a game that we had, you know, both Goodson and and um, Ivory Martin both put the ball on the ground. So uh, defense had to to get back on the field and step up and rise up to the occasion, and they did multiple times. Man, talk to me a little bit about how loud it was out there at Kinnick Stadium with seventy some odd thousand fans screaming, getting behind that group of guys. And man, how, how did that emotion really speak to the game and how that took over for that defense? Our defense came out and they were, they were dominant, right? And they were great. And then all of a sudden they turned it on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they went from here, like the, some people get this. They went to 11. When the dial only goes to 10, they went to 11, yeah. right? Yeah. Moss, two turnovers, two interceptions. Our defensive line started to get like two, they started getting penetration. We had like a couple sacks right there in our hand and we just like couldn't quite get it. I talked to Noah after the game. He's like, I almost had him. I'm like, yeah, I know. We're just going to fix this. Yeah. Like we, we, again, as well as we played, there's tremendous upside because there's so many opportunities we just didn't capitalize on. And the defense, they came together a lot faster like they normally do. I should say, like you guys normally do, than the offense. And, you know, the, we have some tremendous athletes out there. Tremendous. Um, yeah. Like I said, I still think this is a really special group. I really do. I agree. I agree. You, you mentioned, you made mention to Tyler Moss's two interceptions for pick six. I mean, we know clearly what, uh, what that meant to the game instantly having 12 points put on the board defensively, you know, scoring, we know just a little known fact, turnover margin 
always relates to, to wins. And being able to be plus in the, in the turnover margin category, uh, having three turnovers, particularly uh, interceptions, pick sixes where you don't even give the defense a chance to get back on the field to try to defend the, us on offense. You know, it's huge, not only in terms of statistically, but momentum wise. I'm sure that while you were there in Kinnick, I'm sure that those two pick sixes made that place even more electric than what it was. Like you said, it was on 11 when instead of 10, we talk about it on a scale of one to 10. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where our defense came out and they were playing well. And then all of a sudden you get that swagger. When the defense starts getting that swagger, that's when you know we're hitting on all cylinders. When we start hitting on all cylinders, you have games like that where we're like, oh man, we missed all these opportunities. It's like, hold on, you held these guys to two field goals and they're not satisfied. That's, I love this team. They're not satisfied with that victory. That's right. That's right. I saw Jack Kerner had his chance, had a chance at the ball. He had, had a ball in his hand. You know, obviously we saw Matt Hankins get, get a chance and got the ball got the ball in his hands and completed the interception. Uh, Dane Belton came downhill as that cash backer. Uh, it was uh, an overall great team effort. You know, I would say, though, going into week two, there's some definite things we got to pay attention to. Um, one thing that we got to make mention to is starting uh, listed in the starting lineup on the defensive line are John Wagner, Noah Shannon, Yaya Black, and Zach Van Valkenburg. But who started, actually, was... Uh, uh, Noah Shannon on the interior was Noah Shannon and Logan Lee. So, and uh, Logan Lee ended up getting a majority of the snaps at defensive tackle. So we're going to keep our eye on that as well as will linebacker, Seth Benson. We know that at the Mike linebacker, Jack Campbell, who came up with, I believe it was 11 tackles, uh, 11 stops. Uh, he yeah. solidified himself at the Mike backer, but uh, Seth Benson, he's, uh, he's, he's definitely, he's doing well at will linebacker. He made some plays. But uh, there's some young guys behind him that are making plays as well or, or looking for an opportunity. So keep an eye on that. And uh, the secondary, I want to see. So it's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm interested in how they – how do you feel like they're going to be – how they're going to do traveling up to uh, Jack Trice Stadium up there in Ames, Iowa? I hope they, they channel the Legion of Boom. I, I really do. I, I hope they bring that in, bring that attitude. And, and you know, when they leave there – I want to hear a sound by saying, are you mad, bro? Don't be mad. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Well, I mean, that being said, man, I think defensively, we definitely showed a lot of ability, man. Definitely. I saw some guys get after it and uh, show uh, that we, we have the ability to get after quarterback. We didn't get uh, in terms of the pressure, or I should say sack numbers, we didn't get as many as we would like to have had. However, the consistent pressure that uh, the Iowa State's quarterback was under, um, because Penix, he was running for his life. I mean, that, that third interception was due directly to that pressure that was put on, on him. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And that was Joe Evans, actually, number 13, who put that pressure on him. So it's going to be interesting to see how our defensive line continues to grow and continues to transition uh, especially up front, you know, I, I, I'm impartial to those guys up front. You know, I, we're the heartbeat of the defense. We, you know, we we get after the quarterback. We continue, you know, we create turnovers, just like uh, my man Joe Evans. He, he got after that quarterback. He got after Penix. Penix was running for his life, man. He just, and if you look at that play, you guys remember that play. Uh, my man was kind of, he wasn't even looking. My man was, his, his, his eyes was looking towards our defender. He was looking towards Hankins. He, was, he had no idea the ball was coming to him. And Hankins was like, okay, well, I'll take this. Thank you. And, and, right. and got down real quick with that. So, you know, defense 
creates pressure. Defensive line, I should say, creates pressure. And yeah. as, you, as you know, pressure either bursts pipes or builds diamonds. And so we're, we're going to see what this, uh, what this defensive front can do against what we know is going to be a vaunted Iowa State offense, who clearly, you know, being ranked in the top 10, it's, it's going to be a shootout. I should say it's going to be a dogfight, man. What do you think about uh, us going up there, man? What you, and, and beyond that, yeah, let's, let's get with that first. What do, you, what do you think about that, bro? Like, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, you have to earn it, right? The, the, the guys out there, they're on scholarship, too. Right, they went to training camp. They've had their spring practices. They went in the weight room. They did all their sprints. And they've studied the film on us like we studied the film on them. We're going to have to go there and earn it. And we're the underdog. And we're comfortable in that position because <laughs> we've always been the underdog in my mind. So that, that chip we carry with us, it, we kind of walk softly and carry a big stick. That's generally been the Iowa way. So going there, I, I expect us to do the same thing. You know, to show up. I expect us to show up and keep showing up and showing up and showing up in their backfield when they don't expect us to be there. Showing up in front of the receiver when they don't expect us to be there. All right. We just, I expect us to keep showing up. The defensive line, given the pressure like they did last, last week against Indiana, right? The offensive line, picking up the things that we missed last week. You know, if we don't have the guy in, it's always next man up. That's what it is for us. And I do expect it to be a tight game. A hard-fought game means a, it's an in-state rivalry game. It's going to be hard-fought. And it's a game that d- determines for the whole year what state it is. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. You, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Last thing, David, last thing. Uh, this game is being played September 11th, 2021. Um, 20 years ago, you and I were there in Iowa City, and we remember back to September 11th, 2001, man. Tell me what uh, the significance of this date and that date are to you and how that, uh, how that translates to, to this game, man, and, and just the, the memories that, that flow back. Because for me, I still remember back to that day and, and the effect that it had, obviously, only in my lifetime that, that I remember only the second time that um, that sports was shut down in the world um, due to a tragedy. You know, clearly we had the pandemic um, over the course of 2020, but uh, that week, just everything shutting down from Major League Baseball to NFL to obviously our game was rescheduled to the end of the season, which is one of the only times, you know, we played that rivalry game at the end of the season, man. But um, tell me a little bit about uh, what, before we go, what, what, uh, what the meaning of this game and that date were for you? Uh, you, you know, I, I come from a military family. My mom was in the military for 34 years, Army. She's actually buried in uh, Arlington National uh, <laughs> Cemetery. And for us to be attacked like we were on uh, American soil and the devastation that actually uh, ensued afterwards, was um, that was a lot, you know. It sounds emotional. It was. Uh, I'm a I'm a true patriot when it comes to that, having being brought up in a military family. Um, this game and this week means a lot as far as the remembrance because of the 20 year mark, uh, especially with us just now pulling out of uh, the Middle East. Um, 
you know, it's, it's a big deal. It's kind of, we've kind of overcome, we've over, we've adapted, we've overcome and we're, we're moving on. You know, it's nice to understand that we are stronger now because of that, as opposed to weaker, because we had an opportunity to crumble and we did it. We stood tall and uh, I'm proud of us as Americans for doing that. And the way our team goes out there and plays, the way we went about our business, you know, I'm really proud of us and what we were able to do back then. And I'm sure the guys, they're gonna do a, a tremendous top job this weekend of representing, um, you know, uh, I'm gonna say the, the values that we had back then and we still have now and show the growth that we have and that we've made uh, to this point in the last 20 years. Is, is come to signify, uh, you know, what I call perseverance. American perseverance is what it shows for me. Yeah. I agree, I agree. And with that, I wanna thank you for, for joining the show. Um, again, this is uh, Colin Cole, this is Hawk Talk. And uh, in today's uh, guest is David Porter, uh, all Big Ten performer. Uh, twice for our, for our Hawkeyes, and you know it's uh, it's going to be a great great opportunity for us to go into Jack Trice Stadium to get that win. But uh, just like David mentioned, you know there's going to be in the back of my mind for sure uh, thoughts thoughts definitely um, about what the significance of today was for 20 years ago, and uh, or that day was for 20 years ago. So thank you all for joining us, and uh, that's that's the show. Thank you all. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.